0: may the force be with you is a phrase used to wish a person well to overcome a challenge the invitation in this podcast may the life force be with you is to explore what it means to truly feel alive to appreciate the physical emotional and spiritual connection to our energy and finally to understand how this impacts who you are and all that you do may this conversation inspire you to thrive this episode of May the Life Force Be With You is brought to you by Moment Company and the Moment Pebble. The Moment Pebble is a beautiful, natural stone, light guided breathing device and is a unique gift for someone who needs that gentle reminder to stop and take a break, to take moments throughout their busy day, and to practice mindfulness. Just head over to momentcompany.co. That's momentcompany.co and enter the code LIFEFORCE at checkout to receive an exclusive 10% podcast discount. Hello and welcome everybody to the latest episode of May the Life Force Be With You and we have a fantastic guest joining us today uh, and that is Sarah Seeds who is a kinesiologist in exercise sciences and a clinical therapist involved in mind-body connection uh, and I wish that we had Sarah um, on a few weeks ago because she's also a specific sports training coach for runners and enduring athletes um, as well as a passionate advocate for mental health and Kareel um, and I were talking in our Last episode that we recorded about the crazy event that I've just done over the weekend, which was high rocks, and how much pain I'm currently in and can barely stand <laughs> up. I wish I'd spoken to Sarah a few weeks ago around how she has run everything from five k's up to a hundred mile distances, and and how uh, really kind of understanding breath as a big part of that training and running has made a big difference um, to her and having a more positive experience. Uh, when running, which is not my favorite thing. So I can't wait to have this conversation and get some tips. So thank you for joining us, Sarah. And it's lovely, lovely to have you on the podcast. Mm, Thank you. Thank you for having me, both of you,
1: Karila and Fiona. I'm so excited to be here. And yeah, I love this topic, these Conversations, and I'm sure that I can give you some tips to help with your recovery on the other side. If I wasn't (laughs) able to help you
0: leading in, I knew I was meant to speak to you today. See everything for (laughs) a reason. (laughs) But before before we kind of get into that, what we we kind of like to kick off with a question around you know what life force and life force energy means to you, Sarah. What comes up when you think about life force? Life force.
1: Yeah, so many things, so many things um, want to come in from seeing, you know, Yoda, you know, to um, oh, thinking about acupuncture and Chinese medicine and chi and, and there's all these, you know, message units and stories and beliefs and experiences from outside of me that want to come in. But then if I erase all those and just tune inside, and what does it actually mean to me? I, you know, I can really only base that on my experience, my personal experience. And this concept of life force energy is very new to me. Like in the past five years, wasn't part of my realm or my reality until i started my yoga teacher training um with blissology yoga and and that's when i started receiving the the concepts you know of prana but it wasn't until three years ago about this week actually three years ago that i felt it and Mm -hmm. i had my own experience with it and so since then i can explain what i think it is you know from my experience (laughs) And I think it's many things. It's a flow. I think it operates on similar dynamics to like currents of you know, like energy and water and sense of movement to it operating in a stream. It also feels to me like a field, like air, like it's everywhere.
2: Mm.
1: I feel like it can be concentrated or or dissipated. Um I feel like it can be moved and utilized um with conscious intention through visualization and creating our experience, but I also believe it can be moved mechanically, which I've experienced, and that's the most real thing to Ooh. me
2: so so rewind <laughs> you say you experience so so Firstly, can I just clarify? You've obviously been running before three years ago. Yeah, I mean. my, my whole life, endurance running 25 years. Yeah. Okay. And so you know what it's like to do endurance running, 100 mile marathons, ultra marathons. And then, and you say that you only had an experience of life force energy three years ago. Awareness. Um, awareness. Okay. And what happened three years ago?
1: Well, I started mm-hmm. a, I was inspired, we'll mm-hmm. say, to start a course called Stepping into the Light with Solara Anra. Ah. And in that <laughs> course, I began practicing Kriya Pranayam.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was already having some sort of energetic Awakening, there was something moving through my body that I had never experienced before, and i that 's the thing that makes it real to me because I know my body so well, and perhaps these currents were always in there, and I just wasn 't aware of them because of the noise of the chatter of the mind or or the density of the body i, I can 't be sure which which one or if it amplified and was added later, but um, what I felt was um actually a change in my body. So I remember, like, I was out on a run. So I can remember the very first moment where I would say I felt prana versus, oh, you know, we talk about prana as yoga teachers. It was so new to me. I didn't grow up with that philosophy. So it was text, it was in a book, right? Concept. And I believed it because it had been practiced, you know, chi, you know, just for so long, I just always believe that science is catching up to these things. And you know, possibilitarian, like Ian (laughs) says, my teacher in yoga. So I was out on this run during this initial pranayama practice, using these techniques where we're guided to use the locks, the bandhas and move the flow of energy. And I stopped to look out at this beautiful uh, river scene. And as I stood there, I felt a pulsing of energy in my root that wasn't a a blood pulse. So it didn't, it didn't align with my, my circulatory system pulse. And I've also never felt a, a pulse there moving up. Like I could feel a pulsing up and it was so obvious because it was quite, you know, not intense, hard, but it was, um, It was new and I know my body so well and I I didn't feel it when I was running, but it was in that moment of stillness Hmm. and I felt like it was the pulse of the earth is the best thing I can explain. Like I felt that moving up from the earth through my body somehow, even though I couldn't see it, like I couldn't see it. I couldn't feel it coming up through my feet, but I just was aware that it was coming from below me and moving up. And I remember just jumping up and down being like, I actually messaged my teacher and I was like... (laughs) Prana is real, is what I said to her. I sent a text, and she was like,
2: "Oh yeah, you're having a lot of fun over there." But <laughs> so, okay, so like to me, you only run an ultra marathon on prana. I'm like, I, like in my head, you can only run an ultra marathon on prana. Like I don't even know how you can run it on what What else you use and so that's why I'm curious about like how you did all of this running like do you, would you say that like it changed the running after that? would you say that like you were running on prana before you just weren't aware of it, or would you say
0: that actually I'm completely wrong, and you can run on other things <laughs> and just for the lay person that maybe't doesn't know what prana is do you, are you talking specifically about about breath and about the way that you are are using breath is that is that what you mean by prana in this instance
1: hmm no i mean prana meaning the like hmm. interchangeable with life force energy hmm. yeah so the concept yeah. of that um whereas the breath techniques amplify and move that energy um and Yeah. I mean, if we believe in prana, if we believe there's something that has yet to be proven, which is, I believe we're so close and these terms are just going to be, you know, we can talk about heart coherence and all these different states Mm -hmm. that create the same experience of life force energy moving through us. And it's just, we're going to find ways to measure this state that we call high life force, um, very quickly. So I think, it's, it's best to focus on the feeling because the definitions aren't quite there yet. Um, but, you know, no, as a, as an athlete, we're raised to focus on the, the physical body. So the circulatory system, you know, the different energy systems that use the carbohydrates, system. the respiratory system. Yeah. yeah. So it's either, you know, we talk about food as fuel. That's a very big topic for athletes mm-hmm. and nutrition is, uh, you know, a huge topic and we're learning ways to manipulate that the, the physical foods we eat and train the body to be more efficient, um, and actually, you know, if we think about certain foods having higher life force, mm-hmm. I radically changed my training. Um, That's that that year as well for the second hundred miler. So I did two. The first one, you know, was my first one. Things go sideways anyway. I'm not saying it wasn't because <laughs> I wasn't training pranayam, <laughs> but I had a different. Um, Completely different philosophy with the second one, um, meaning I was in present state awareness, all the mindfulness practices, all the pranayama, all the energy control, all the breathwork control. I also used chakras, but I used cacao as well. Which ceremonial wow. cacao.
0: Why didn't we speak last week? I should have had cacao. <laughs> I did actually have a mushroom blend before I did my yeah.
1: good for you. I mean, I'm I'm a mad scientist when it comes to experimenting. I love doing it in sport, you know, it's fun. <laughs> and I trained, I just switched to drinking cacao and it turned me into mm-hmm. a fasted athlete, which I'd never fasted mm-hmm. before. But you could say that ceremonial cacao, when it's treated the right way, is a high prana or high life force mm-hmm. food as well. Wow. But what I was looking at was the mechanical, uh, you know, the nutrition way. It's high fat. It's got all of the feel good, the bliss compounds, all those molecules. So my body became fat adapted. I could go four hours without eating during my runs. Wow. And so then I decided to just use
2: cacao and liquids, liquid calories. Um, so, so you were doing a, an mm-hmm. ultramarathon on cacao alone. Am I correct?
1: Yeah. Well, so I had a little bit of liquid. It was the, I, it didn't have any food. I had just cacao, pre with cacao, during twice with cacao. I mean, it lasts for hours. It was a 27 or 28 or 29 hour race. Oh, my God.
2: And, <laughs> <So> um, <excited. laughs>
1: and I had like, um, like an electrolyte drink as yeah. well with small amount of carbohydrates, mm-hmm. yeah. but it like the cacao, I mean, it, it's amazing. And so mm-hmm. those things, um, all together, like made a huge difference. So I was looking at it from the nutrition way, but that being said, there is something that has happened. Again, another feeling of prana or life force energy, where I actually feel like I can switch energy tanks. So I don't need as much food because I have prana. I can't prove it,
2: but I can feel it. And it's like,
1: there's you a way it. to
2: switch. I agree with you because when I'm high on prana, like when I've been doing prana Practices when I've done any life voice practices, I definitely am just naturally less hungry. Like I notice it, notice how I can ride the prana, and that is not at this crazy level of running. <laughs> but like I, I can, I definitely agree with you. Like it is something that, like, when you have more prana, you need less food. And funnily enough, as I've kind of journeyed with may the life force be with you I've started to be like eating dead food must be really bad for you hey like really low prana in food has got to be really bad for you you know you're eating what you're eating like that's just where I've been going kind of as I've been thinking about my energy levels for my day which is not doing this crazy type of running Yeah.
1: It's, it's work for the body. It's that whole ratio of work to, you know, what are you Mm. getting out of it? Like there's just more work for the body for the nutrients it's getting. Yeah. I fully, I don't eat very much anymore. Like I eat way less than I ever ate on my runs. Like I said, I can go for hours, but even in the day practicing pranayama all the time, I'm satiated. It's, It's very strange. It's also the fat adapted. I will say that for sure. Drinking so much cacao. It's a huge part of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's a cleaner way of living. And the pranayama itself, so the breath work just makes us so much more efficient, right? You're getting circulation without having to go for a run. You're actually improving your health. You're getting cardiovascular benefits without the stress impact when you're sitting breathing. You're decreasing your stress by going into a coherent state. So you're really getting your body in the most efficient state so that it's going to you know, allow you to recover faster, it's going to let you be more efficient with oxygen and nutrient exchange. So it's hard to tease one thing out. Because um, for me, the focus has been pranayama as a way to bring in the life force. But I feel life force in a change in my energy, my lightness, my mood, um, even though the techniques might vary.
0: Hmm. I it's It's interesting, because before I started really cranking up my training for this event, I had become a big fan of, of, of fasting and I just felt better for reducing the amount that I was eating. So everything that you just mentioned, I'm vegetarian anyway, but I, I just, it changed what I wanted to eat. I was very um, aware of what I was putting in my body because breaking the fast you wanted it to be something that made you feel good and you felt like it was going to kind of give you everything that you needed and I it's interesting when you go for the longer fast you get this second wave of energy halfway through like a 24 36 hour fast where you think where's this come from and you feel lighter and you feel brighter it's almost like having a colonic you're like ah. Oh. I feel good for this moment in time. And then when I started up in my training, everybody, and this is the thing where you listen to other people and not your own body, said you can't fast if you want to up your training. You have to eat more. And I couldn't. I found it really hard. I had to really force myself to try and eat more. And it didn't make me feel good. So I'm glad we're having this conversation because I think it's also about understanding how your body feels. Only you know how it feels when you do these things. And I'm guessing the way that you train might not be right for everybody it works for you because of all the other practices that you you have in place so it's not a case of hey everybody let's just all drink cacao and go run 100 miles that's I mean, not what we're saying but you have learned to understand your body what works right for your body and that that beautiful moment you said about having that just conscious in the moment present awareness of how you're feeling to the point where you can always say, okay let's use this next store of energy that I've got here. Let's, let's go into this reserve. It's that next level of, of connection between mind and body that makes you an ultra elite athlete versus someone that's, that's sitting on the sofa going, how do I get started? Right. It's not for everybody. It's interesting to me though,
2: because like you obviously do mindfulness as well, Fiona. Yeah, yeah. And so, so, you know, you're, mindfulness practice is probably part of the reason you were able to fast while other people were going you can't fast and exercise Mm -hmm. like the fact that both of you do these practices that are are, to me it's like saying like oh there's this link between the meditation practice and the breath and the cycles of the body becoming more energetic do you guys agree with that
1: Yeah. I mean, I would, yeah, I would never recommend to my athletes that they fast. It's not something that I prescribe. The literature is mixed. It works really well for some people and it's a total disaster for others. There's a lot of research that says it's terrible for women in mm-hmm. peri and, and menopause or in pre yeah, and, and menopause and it had never entered my radar because it wasn't supported. I love food. I've always looked at food (laughs) fuel and like more, right. And we have the grams. It's like, you want gas in your tank when you're running, you're going to load it up. Like, so it never crossed my mind. Now all sports are different. So endurance, we, we, benefit from being a fat adapted athlete Mm -hmm. because you're not going fast like we're out there all day if you're uh, you know trying to
2: like there's a certain range. what is fat adapted just for me and other people that don't know what you
1: mean okay so thank you for asking yeah so it's a switch of a like a fuel reserve so a lot of us are super carb dependent because we eat more carbs and there's a you know there's a theory when well, not a theory it's proven that like we can go longer when we tap into the fat reserves, because there's like 42 marathons worth of fat on our, on our bodies that we can run and use. Right. So you don't have to always be eating calories and dependent on this like wave of calories in calories out. Um, and then the body starts also utilizing its fat stores, which can decrease fat, right. Decrease hunger cravings and these spikes up and down. But that being said, if you want to push, you need carbs like you can't go fast and hard for an extended period of time, so a shorter event um it's just harder for the body to like it can't contract the muscles at the speed that it needs to the The utilization is too slow with fat, so the energy produced just doesn't work, and so it depends on your sport and what you're doing, and so it's finding the balance and so I mean, Fiona, for me, you hit like the for my passion on the head and it's intuition and experimenting and playing in your beautiful body to find out what works for you. But without present awareness, without stillness, without mind body connection, you'll never know. You'll never hear your body. And most of us, most people, are so cut off. Like even when it comes to like injuries, um, and then beyond that,
2: it's like, okay, what does your body need for training? And so, but you must have heard your body, like to be able to run that far. You must have been hearing your body before this.
1: Yeah, well, I've been doing it for so long that I have. um, I was able to play with it, so I could take the framework. So I'll always start my clients with the prescription that works for most people so 30 to 60 grams of carbohydrate per hour two to 300 milligrams of sodium one to three cups of water whatever the, the foundation is because if you're not in touch you don't know and that's the safest way to go and same with training prescription okay work heavy on this day rest on this day do these progressions for hills but when you do it long enough or you you know, I could, I could fudge it. So I would never follow, I would follow my own programs, but not to the exact T I would do extra rest here, a little less there. I knew what I could get away with. Cause I knew my body so well from so mm-hmm. long. So you could call it intuition um, in a way it was a small amount, but it was more about having so much experience that my subconscious right. and my conscious knew when I switched to an intuitive athlete that happened three years ago, I took, I threw my watch away. Got rid of all my clocks. And <laughs> I t- I took a year off of only living by intuition. I called it a year of following my heart, and I mm-hmm. wanted to develop that mechanism. I you didn't it really a you, it was right? a dare. I bought a bus. That was one of the first things I did. My no, heart was like, buy a bus. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I sold my house. I closed my business. I. Bought a bus. Gus the bus. Africa. Gus the bus. bus? He had a name already, but yeah, he's in the driveway now. I
0: couldn't hear you. You did vote to the bus.
1: Oh, his -hmm. name was Gus the bus. He's in the driveway right now. Um, So, a lot of wild things happened. But when it came to sport, honestly, I was in a very like it was three years ago now. um, It was a very high stress. Time for me, and I just wanted my running to be fun. So you know, it was after COVID. There were no races. I wasn't really training initially. I did do a hundred miler, my first one in 2021, and I trained intuitively. um Up till then, I'd only done hundred k's and one 125, and that's 160 <laughs> kilometers. And it's the west. It was the Western States too, which is the iconic. It's the world's most known hundred miler. It was the first hundred miler ever. And so it was really, really fun. They opened it in 2021. But um, what I did was I started doing these little experiments because I just wanted to run for fun. I didn't want to worry about my time because, you know, you look at the watch and your brain goes, you're either you judge right away. You're either good or you're bad. You're either slow or you're fast or like, you know, it's a total judgment subconscious instantly. And I'm right or wrong. And I just wanted to go and for stress management and enjoy the nature. It was such a stressful time, as everyone knows, during 2020. And um, so what happened was I started going, oh, because my intuition was waking up. That's when I started playing the games and I call them penny slots with my clients. So I say, don't bet the farm, just play the penny slots, like if you're gambling at the casino. Mm -hmm. And one penny slot to to check in with my intuition would be like, which way to go on my runs, because I trail run. And so I wouldn't, you know, my brain wants to say, "Oh, next you're going up there, so you have to go left because you've always gone left before." But instead, I would let, you know, let the monkey mind run its course and wait until I got there and feel which way. So to me, intuition is a very like deep feeling. There's all the clairs, but I really, I'm really t- so, so the clair sentience, you know, we talk yeah. about clairvoyance, clairaudience, and claircognizance. But I'm a real feeler, and Thanks so you. I would just feel, and I'd be like, "Okay, well, I feel." like something is telling me to go left. It's very obvious. There's always a choice. And to me, that feels like a river of energy, like I'm following a tunnel kind of. And so that's how I played like for making decisions on the trail, where to go. And then I started doing it for my training. Oh, I'm, I'm going to do, it was completely off the charts. I had way more rest than I've ever had since training intuitively. I've, I, that's how I do it now. It's been three years. I haven't had a single injury and oh, wow. like not even, I had a lot of showstoppers. It happens, you know, there's also you roll your ankle, et cetera, but it was very common that, that level of training, um, combined with, you know, lifestyle lack of recovery. Cause you're trying to like follow the program, follow the life program. <laughs> just normal every two weeks to be into the physio, the chiro, the massage as part of maintenance. I haven't been once for anything running related in three years, which blows my mind. I mean, it's a combination of things, but the intuition is huge. I had to trust that I would still make the start line and the finish line by trusting intuition. So it's been a radical experiment. Um, But all that to say, yeah, I get, I invite my clients to start with the foundations that work and then experiment a little as their communication system opens up with the body because that that's the safe way to play. Yeah. There's rules that keep us safe guidelines, I should say. And then once we learn our body, we realize, Oh, I can do way more or way less or, and and then boom, then we're in the most maximizing our efficient, our efficiency.
0: I love that. So that's, um, it's very similar to to what we encourage, at, what I do in Workplace Wellbeing, to get people to start to be aware of their minds. So it starts with mindset, I, I believe. And, and until you understand how your mind works, it's pretty difficult to kind of have anything else beneath that um, be your guide because it's, you know, and even if all you can do is bring a slight awareness to something in your day or you make a tiny little different choice from yesterday you've immediately created change in in your life or you've created a kind of control a b group test for everything did that feel better than yesterday do you want to try something different tomorrow but if you just do the same hamster wheel every single day you're not getting any of those signals so as you say just turning left instead of right having tea and in, uh, cacao instead of coffee having you know, a short run instead of a long run, having an extra rest day, all of these little changes start to add up and give you the data that you need to kind of go, hmm, I think this works better for me than something else that someone else might be telling me is gonna work better for me. And and but without those change, without choice. And knowing that you have the freedom to make those choices, then you kind of get stuck in stuck in the hamster wheel. And I think that's the mind as well as the body connection. It's really important to acknowledge. It starts with awareness. Hmm.
1: Yeah, like these can be kind of like big radical topics for a lot of people in sports. Sport is, can be fairly, you know, close minded, old school. Like regimented, yeah.
0: you hammer mm-hmm. roots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And is
2: that because it's on the edge? Is that because it's dangerous? Do you think? Why do you think it is so regimented? Because it's no. competitive, because it's dangerous? I think it's one of the old school.
1: It's one of the old school parts of the world, of the paradigm. It really wow. is. Yeah, because it's um yeah, I mean I think back to the way it was all about more is better harder, like pay now, you know, or pay later. And there's some truth to these things, like, you know, but there's another way coming in. Mm-hmm. I really believe that. Like, you know, it was, um, Oh, we used to do suicides and volleyball. Like they were called where you would just like, you know, do anything to get the ball. And like, And it's great. You need passion. You need these elements, but there was no room for softness. Like, recovery hasn't been really honored as a training tool until recently. Like, a lot of athletes, the number one fear is if they rest too much, they're going to decondition. And Mm -hmm. most people end up breaking down or getting sick, never reaching their potential because rest is the only way that we adapt and grow stronger. You don't get stronger from the training you need to have the the right balance and of course athletes that can handle a higher volume of training will get more performance results but there's other ways it's kind of like learning to biohack the system not all of us are professional athletes that can train these high high amounts cuz you got you got a family you got to work you got a life and so it's finding ways to elevate our experience that i would say are softer but they're really hacks so it's training smarter <laughs> versus harder and pranayama to me is like the and meditation is the biggest bang for your buck
2: well because its energy isn't it like it is like presumably all sport is run on you know i often compare channeling to being an being a professional channel i often compare to being a professional athlete because you if you work in high energy you have you have to take better care of yourself because if you don't you are going to pay such a big burnout price and i've seen it so often um and i compare like the like the muscles of the channeling body and energy body to um looking after the physical muscles because i see it as the same thing learned the hard way i might point out and and you know, ultimately running on or channeling on low energy costs you. And I presume that exercising, especially in a high intensity situation on low energy, when you're tired is going to come at the same cost.
1: Yeah, it's exactly the same. Again, like that's a perfect analogy. And to me, it's, if we don't recover enough, then we're always behind. Right. So same with, with energy work. It's like you've got a debt, you're running on a debt. You've got a debt. So you'll never reach your potential if you don't replenish your stores. Yeah. And you risk injury illness. Eventually you break down. The body says, no, you're going to rest so that we can rebuild your stores. And there's a, there's also, there's a, there's a, there's another piece there So energy economy, like we want to use the least amount of energy to, to do the greatest amount of work in some work, right? So the, the athlete who can push harder with a lower heart rate, you know, it's going to be easier for them and they're going to cover the same amount of ground or create the same amount of work. They're going to win. And so energy economy is massive. So as you know, Exchanging oxygen through the tissues, the more efficient you are. But also stress. So if you're tense, if you don't have mindfulness and the ability to stay centered and the ability to stay calm and hear your intuition, if you're every muscle in your body is excessively stressed because you haven't learned all these mindfulness practices to be present, to to trust that you're going to receive your your intuitions when you need it, that you have all the tools you need within you, like all of these philosophies. That we gain from meditation and mindfulness practices, plus the physiological ones. I mean, those result in physiological changes. Mm -hmm. They create heart coherence or stress. And so, when we're burning more energy and using excessive muscles and stressing the the system on beyond what you would need to, you just think about that. That could be fifty percent. I don't know a number, but it's so much more energy that we're using during the event as well that we can save uh, and uh, use to either go faster or, or further. And, and,
2: you know, I have heard that ultramarathon running causes a huge collapse on the body at the end of it. Like I've heard that there's often like a collapse in the body after doing that. Um, do you think that's connected to energy? Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: Did you make
2: yeah. The difference in the collapse in the body if you preserved your energy better. Oh, yeah. Since doing the pranayama
1: mm-hmm. and the mindfulness and meditation, I recover way faster. Way faster. Yeah. Because How you're- many days or weeks? Or like, what's the. Well, there's. um. Every race is different, but based on my own experience, I've just noticed the recovery is. Quicker, like if all other variables are the same. Um, but it's also mood I've noticed because there's a very common post-race, um, sadness is some, you know, is, is a common, um, phenomenon. Um, a lot of it's to do with the physiological changes, like your body's been shaken up, you know, in a blender and then the processes need to, You know, they need time. So you're guided to be a bit slower, which can feel like a bit of a depression, a bit of a lull. So your body needs that time. But if you haven't, you know, you don't fall as low, I find, when you have these practices. Um, You also have this the other element that this low has been, you know, associated with is your whole life has built up to this event, right? You become so focused on it and there's this. You know the same black and white thinking almost like this is the be all end all and then it's gone from your life, and so it's that whole hierarchy of preferences and enjoyment in life which which closes and gets smaller as we practice mindfulness and we appreciate the beauty in every moment, so those you don't fall you know those falls aren't as great um but for my experience, I had a you know it's another energy topic, but I was using a pulsated electromagnetic field um device called the Beamer, <laughs> which I stumbled upon in my first hundred miler. And I, it was at the Airbnb that I rented and I got to use it. And, um, it, it just was happened like, to be at the Airbnb
0: that you rented.
1: Yeah. The woman ha- that I, that I, the Airbnb that I chose, um, <laughs> that, <Indeed> happened, me. <laughs> that I booked one week before the race, because we didn't know if we'd be allowed to travel with COVID <laughs> and it happened to be available during the race weekend where everything else was booked. She happened to be a distributor for the Beamer, which is a pulsated electromagnetic field therapy. I'd never heard of it. And she's like, you can use my Beamer, Judith. Shout out to Judith. Love her. Um, fast forward, I bought one of these medical devices because it completely changed my life. But um, yeah, it. I mean, I, again, I know my body. I expect it to be out. It, well, it's, um so it's electromagnetic field therapy, right? So it's really low, um, frequency like AM FM radio, but it's created in a certain pulse. Like it was created for astronauts to keep their circulatory system active while they're in space in their suits. And now then it was used by elite athletes and horse competitive horse people and for their horses. And now it's coming down. You'll start seeing it in like on physio beds. Um, I would love to see it in, every long ter- long-term care home because it allows people to get you know oxygenation to their tissues and and speed up their their body's regenerative processes when you can't move when you can't actually do it mechanically oh. and so um long
0: story so short you while you were running
1: no no you lie on it it's or there's also right. a red light um option like, like a spotlight
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I don't know if it had any effect during the race. There's way too many variables. I laid on it every day. I was like, sure. Like I used it. I didn't know, you know, I went for it. I, I yeah. So anyway, after the race, unfortunately something terrible happened in the race. My feet macerated. So they ripped open basically. Oh. Yeah, it was horrendous. It was during the heat bubble. It was over a hundred degrees and I, I wasn't able to order a, a size up in my shoes. And so the small shoes combined with the sweat pulling in my feet the water in there half 50 miles halfway through the race my feet were ripped wide open and the medics had to tape them it was I've never been I've done a lot of painful things difficult things that was the most painful well I asked them I wasn't going to like I said am I doing permanent damage um and they said no these will heal superficial will tape you up and so I just had to use all the tools there was a lot of tears but I was committed. I was in that. And I was, I, I was only going to yes, do 100 this cool. miler. This kind of stuff can happen. And even happen to a coach. Right. Um, so it was a big learning experience. I didn't expect the heat like that. It, it just came mm-hmm. right. That bubble and the shoes. And I had to learn this way. Right. And so anyway, I, I couldn't be talking
2: about that. She's like smiling. There. Yeah. I had to learn from ripping my feet <laughs>
1: well I did a really I made a 180 the next race my feet were perfect I've solved all the feet problems shout out to my adventure racing um sister Jen Seger who did the, the eco challenge she told me about this great product for my feet um called foot goo I think it's called uh but yeah so I found something that worked So, you know, you learn, but the problem was I couldn't walk and I was supposed to be going on vacation and the medics told me it would be seven days before my feet healed and I could walk again. So I was like, great. My friend Brian was there supporting me and we were supposed to go on a van trip in California. And so instead I had to book extra days at the Airbnb. And so I'm laying there. (laughs) So I got on the Beamer and they were bringing me food. I couldn't walk. And my feet healed in three days. And this is the crazy thing. Like normally when you do a new distance, it takes longer for your body to recover. Like even a hundred K would take me weeks, a hundred miler. I planned, I was going to take the whole summer off and just ride my bike, let my body catch up. It's not that I wasn't going to be able to run, but I didn't expect what happened happened less than seven days later. I decided, okay, I'm going to go for a little walk down this trail. I was like, Oh, I'm feeling pretty good. I think I'm going to jog. I ran a 10 mile run and I kept going faster and faster and faster until I was running hard. And I had just run for 28 hours. Like I, it was 10 hours more than I'd ever run in my life. And my feet, I bought the Beamer then like, like the next week I was like, I need uh, one of these. What the Beamer oxygenates you, right? Yeah, it improves your circulation, it creates vasodilation in a rhythm that facilitates
2: healing. Yeah. Can I ask, because you mentioned earlier about like using prana mechanically. Yes. Thank Tell you for asking. About that. This
1: one's really cool. So Last year, I decided to run a, a, a whole series of road races. I have never done a road race, but I was like, oh, intuitively, this will get my nervous system fired up. I'll go faster. It was really funny. Like, I mean, because my body was is like, doesn't do that. Like, it's been going long distance for so long. And it'd be like, come on, buddy. And nothing would happen. And it was good. It got it <laughs> speeding up again. That's after a couple of years of doing these hundred milers. And... uh During the race, uh, I would, again, I just do completely intuitive. That's my goal is to check out of my brain and just do what I'm getting as wisdom coming through my body and play with that. Cause I learn a lot of new techniques that way that I wouldn't normally think of a lot. I I started that with mind games. So I'll get these ideas for like, um, if you're getting a cramp, how to use the mind to to play a game, to convince the body, to let that cramp go versus just like grutting it out or to like, you know avoid repetitive negative thoughts or there's so many games and that's you know i'm passionate i needed that it. on sunday when
0: my legs cramped on the lunges
1: <laughs> oh there's so many games i'm actually going to write a, a book like um i could probably do a hundred mind games like i could do that in a week like it's one game. of my passions they just i can make they just come through me endlessly like games we can play for runners um and there's so a lot I of them just, just give us a couple of games that we can. Oh. Okay. Uh, well, race chase is coming up right now. So, <laughs> so some are dissociative, dissociative. I'll come back to the mechanical stress. Yeah. Sorry, I'm Mecha- not mechanical. <laughs> no, 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 stress no, no, no. I mechanical.
2: Love it. And you want to hear your cramp game as well.
1: <laughs> so dissociative or associative. So basically some of them were checking out to like, if we, if like, just put that aside and not think about it, which can allow it to dissipate. And other times we're really tuning into it. Mm. So, okay. One really good example would be, um, you know, you're, you're climbing up a mountain or you're training to run up hills and you want to improve your ability to go up the hill without having to slow down. And there's that moment where those, your legs are just burning, you know, everything's burning. Your breath is like so hard and you're crossing over into this different energy system. And so Practicing gratitude versus being thinking of it as pain. So this is muscle fatigue, right? It's not like, oh, I've cut my leg open and I need first aid. Of course, we're <laughs> going to do first aid for that. But there's this line that I, that I found we can shift when we don't tell ourselves, oh, this is pain and I must stop. When instead we understand, oh, okay, the body is actually metabolizing things. It's learning to be able to go faster. This, the longer, when we learn the science, it does help. The longer I stay in this fatigue, the further I'll be able to go and without as
2: much fatigue. Next time. It's so interesting you say that because my guides say that pain is the belief in your own limitation. So they say that's what it is, It's you believing in your limitations, which I feel Mm -hmm. like you've just confirmed that like if you stop believing it, (laughs) then it still exists as a sensation, but it stops being a limitation. It's true. And there is
1: a line because I'm not going to say go out and be reckless and you've got an injury and run through it. Uh-uh. You got to know the difference, right? Mm-hmm. Like is this a tendon that's up. rupturing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: So that's your limitation.
1: <laughs> yes. But when it comes to conditioning and trying to go a little bit longer, right, mm-hmm. to be able to build a little more, um the game I would play there, a couple games there would be, well, That that signal, that burn in the legs is actually a sign to push a little harder. Hmm. And so it becomes a new belief. And you say, oh, well, that's the body's telling me just push a little harder and then we'll be stronger in the next run. It's Hmm. true. But the other, the belief that most people have is like, oh, it burns. I should stop because we associate we and the word pain is debilitating. So mm-hmm. I never use that with clients in that situation. It would be discomfort, fatigue, um hydrogen accumulation, um like so that we because when we hear pain, we think stop. And the mm-hmm. other that I discovered is a huge one is gratitude. It's like when I feel that burn in my legs, it's cuz I have the gift of health and I have legs that get go up a run. There's someone out there, many people out there in chairs, you know, that can't run and feel that burn that can never have that experience. And I'm complaining about my legs burning. So there, that's a, so that's a huge one for me, but it's finding the ones that connect for you when it comes to cramps, things like that. Of course, we want to manage the body. We don't want to just tune things out, but we can, we make them so much worse by freaking out. So in that state, you can condition yourself to when I feel a cramp right away. I just, this came to mind. I picture a waterfall of light as if I'm under a waterfall pouring down me. And then watching that cramp get picked up, that not get picked up, that energy that's trying to ball up, get picked up and let it flush into the earth. And then ask the body, what do I need to do right now? in order to support you. That's super critical because mm. the body might say that was it. Perfect. Or it might be like, no, we need to get electrolytes in at the next. And that's where you combine the intuition with the visualization.
0: Yeah. I love, I, 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 yeah. Just asking yourself, what do I need right now? What do I need to thrive? What do I need to continue? What do I need? What do I need to do? And, um, the, the, the cramp was, was probably the most discomfort not pain uh, that I had but I find running difficult and this was a majority running race which was crazy thing to do and I've run a marathon as well and I don't enjoy running um and I every time I was doing a lap I just tried to say to myself exactly what, what what you just said I'm doing this I'm here I'm running this race I'm doing this right now and I just reminded myself to to be present in that moment and to you know as much as I could lift my head up and just enjoy it and try and take in as much as I possibly could of being there at this event with lots of other people and I did it with a partner so just be with her as well to kind of really really enjoy that and and to have those moments of gratitude and it did make a difference it really did in the moment where I was like oh, I can't do this and I had to keep reminding myself I can I can I believe I trust and and just to keep going and I I dare I say, I actually enjoyed it. And and much to my disbelief today, I actually went for a run, even though my legs are still quite heavy voluntarily when I'm not even training for it anymore. I'm (laughs) in the corner. What's happening? But I, to your point, um, I'm still on the high from Sunday. We're recording this on Tuesday evening. Um, I'm still on the high, the post high, but I can feel that I, or maybe it won't happen where I have that. Down moment because you know everything is building up to this event. There's been amazing camaraderie with my F-45 gang who have been amazing in training and everybody that that was there as a support crew. And then you kind of go, huh? What next? Most of us have signed up for the next one, which you know keeps you <laughs> keep burning, keeps the light, you know, the flame going. And I say that I'm not competitive, but the kind of just a natural urge in you to, to kind of wonder where that limit is, where that pushes, how it would feel to go to that next kind of level up grade that you, when you get hooked on that kind of sport and adrenaline rush, you know, it becomes addictive and you want to understand the limits of your body more. And, and I'm grateful that I can do that. You know, I turn 50 next year and that's why I'm doing it to kind of understand what my body can do at the different decades of my life. And, I believe I'm giving my future self a really good shot of staying healthy by by doing this now. And that keeps me really motivated as well. So that's just my little share from from the weekend. So I'm love, I'm just love this conversation. It's it's just um I really do wish I'd had it a week ago. It would have been really helpful. <laughs> ah, oh,
1: thank you for sharing. That's beautiful. When you were explaining the discomfort and how the mind came in and i mean this is this is the number one battle for athletes in endurance sports sports there's a limit that we feel and the mind goes no and then you know we can we can stop or because it's all mental right we Mm -hmm. decide to stop in the mind first very rarely do we collapse (laughs) the mind says no that's enough and that's there's two, two powerful things that came in there is you tuned into the body. So you didn't say, okay, the mind says, do this. You, you said, do you tune into the, to the body and you knew you could keep going. And so that's a, a great thing to do is listen to the mind and then ask the body because the body might be actually telling you, no, 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 no. Like you need to stop like me going to the medics to get my feet checked. I mean, it's an yeah. extreme, Case, but you're getting <laughs> you're you're turning into the higher wisdom, like like okay, is this? Am I actually okay? And the body's like, yeah, keep going. Like you're like, oh okay, that was just my mind. <laughs> and the other is when you switch to the fuel source of gratitude, because it's, well yeah yeah okay one more pain discomfort as well, but um you switch to that I felt my heart connect to you, and so the power of that moment when we tune into gratitude that creates heart coherence so that puts us in a state where the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous systems are in balance the energy systems are chill they're they're most efficient they're least stressed and we're using the least amount of energy it creates peaceful thoughts and peaceful feelings and it decreases stress and And just by tuning into the heart and thinking about something we appreciate or we're grateful for. And that's how I ran my second hundred miler. And it was night and day. That was my commitment. I didn't, I, I wanted to finish, but I put that aside. I was willing to not finish to experiment and see what
2: happened if I stayed in a state of bliss. Wow. So you did it in a state of bliss. Yeah. You stayed in a state of bliss, running for a hundred miles. Yeah.
1: And on cacao. And my, my friend, uh, who crewed me was in shock. She was a bit, she was like, she'd, she, you can read, I read her report after, and she's crewed for a lot of people and she's a experienced hundred miler as well. And she said, she was concerned for me because I was so calm. She didn't know she'd never seen someone that calm, but, um, and that I didn't know, I didn't have it planned because normally athletes will, I want this at this station, that at that station, like this many carbs. And I just said, no, I'll just know what I need when I come in. And it was all intuitively. And I asked her to make cacao and everything. <laughs> and, uh, you know, to me, that was the most important thing at the time because I was going through a very, a huge amount of stress in my life. I didn't want my sport to add to that. Like, what was the point to, to yeah. me to go out and be in the, like this, oh, battling myself. I hate myself. And this is hard. And, oh. and so I ch- chose um, bliss as a strategy. And I'm so glad I did. And I also finished. I I, I I can't remember what I I placed there. Um, but yeah, it was a hell of a lot more comfortable than the
2: first one. i <laughs> <And> so. I <laughs> mean, that's that's amazing. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Like, like, like. I just, my heart is bowing to you. That, like, you've just proven that something. You know, like most people, the thought of running that far is just horrendous to me the thought of running like 20 minutes is pretty horrendous to be honest with you and so like it's amazing to me that like something that is considered so hard even by the athlete world you manage to do totally in a state of bliss. and I just want to bring it back to these mechanics like did you use mechanics to stay in a state of bliss and if yes what mechanics did you use give us the gold
1: yes (laughs) give us the bliss (laughs) (laughs) And when I say bliss, it's not that there weren't hard. It was hard. It was a hundred miles. I had all those thoughts, but I loved them.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I had all those discomforts, but I held them and I made space for them. I did everything we do as a practice. And the goal was to stay in a heart coherent state and take care of myself. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I get hits like, to like man it was hard like it's 100 miles (laughs) like there's mountains and it's in the dark and and um so the mechanical one's really cool it's basically like a banda so it's a lock that we use in kriya and advanced pranayam and um i was clued in to like start using that the pelvic floor like Mm -hmm. pulling up the root lock so engaging the pelvic floor to send prana Shoot it up where it needed to go, and then use visualizations as if it's coming from the earth and send it to the body and I actually using the pelvic floor, I found of course that works I mean that's a skill to do while you're running, but I also found that using my feet um like running in a slightly different pattern with my feet more aligned versus apart, I was able to squeeze and activate while I was running. So these techniques would come like I was using you're the more musculature. Bringing the
2: energy up while you're running. Yeah. And, and then, then you bring it up into the heart to stay in bliss. or are you bringing it up and circulating wherever it needs to go to? For me, a lot of solar plexus. So okay. belief,
1: right? So when you're getting down, you're tired and it's like your personal power center and so also i would use techniques where i would contract the solar plexus so using like a chopping like a compression to create a pump and again whether or not it's actually working we haven't proven with science i can visualize it my subconscious whatever i tell my subconscious it believes i mm-hmm. say it's all belief i say but we have this the sun is the going to do
2: we have the science of the placebo effect. Do you know? Like, exactly. There's more science on the placebo effect than anything else, actually. Exactly. In research. So that's I love like,
1: the placebo. Yeah. Exactly. But we don't have the science on the, the solar plexus chakra actually mm-hmm. affecting your ability to feel more confident. It's coming, I'm sure.
2: Yes. But
1: yeah, that <laughs> I just tell my body when I do this, I charge my personal power center and I feel stronger and more confident. And so either way, I don't really care what the mechanism is. It works. And I can actually feel that a physiological change. Mm-hmm.
0: That to me is a science that, that, that you feel that it works. Yeah. To read it in a white paper, would that make any difference to how, how, how you feel? I, I, I don't know. But it, you know, back to our original conversation, intuition. To be honest... If you can feel the difference. That's the difference. And if you run 100 miles in,
2: bl- in a state of bliss, that is all the scientific proof I need <laughs> that what you're doing right. is working. Yeah. Like, that is the living proof, you know? Like, that is living proof to me.
1: Thank you for saying that, because I feel like this is, you know, it's like the four-minute mile. Mm-hmm. Like, once yeah. that was broken everybody broke it so this can be for states of being as well if i want to condition myself to be in a in a in an enlivened blissed state of gratitude while i run 100 miles i can it's a choice and same with like um the 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 word pain and discomfort i want to come back to that because we can even we can use the word pain and we can just say oh it's just a word Like it's any belief we want. And that's Mm -hmm. the power of not having to wait for science to catch up. When we have the power of the mind, we can choose any belief we want. It's unlimited. We can open any bottle. We have the placebo. We have everything that we want. We just decide what the belief is and and do the practices to accept it. That's hypnotherapy, which helps a lot, but (laughs) it's not as much. Ooh, mystery. It's just accepting mm-hmm. beliefs
0: and deciding yeah. what we everything is a suggestion. It's up to us to decide what we believe. Oh my gosh, I love everything that you've just said. And and I just wanted to perhaps touch on one one last thing because I'm I i can not believe we we're we're out of time. It's just flown by. I could speak to you all evening. Um, but for anyone that's listening that that thinks, have you all gone mad? You're talking about ultramarathons and how is this relevant <laughs> to me? <laughs> I feel that for anybody listening, um this isn't just for, about running and, and, and running 100 miles. The, the, this is a practice that you can bring into your day and learning the techniques of, you know, heart coherence, moments of gratitude and mindfulness, a regular meditative practice, like training for a 100 mile race. Small incremental changes over time add up to be able to be those life-changing moments and so there's everything that you've said I feel is extremely relevant for everyone just sitting on their sofa never mind going out and being a a professional athlete so um thank you for for sharing that I think there's a lot of people that are going to take some really interesting snippets away from from the insight that you've shared Mm. me definitely (laughs) so thank you very much for um,
2: yeah. Can I ask one more question? Yeah, who should we talk to next? Who should we talk to next on the podcast? Who should we have on the podcast next?
1: Is there a genre that hasn't been?
0: Everything is
2: everything is life force.
1: <laughs> you know what came into my inner vision there right away was animals on the Serengeti. Something about wildlife. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely, I don't know, is there a tracker?
2: Ooh, a tracker. Would you know of anybody?
1: I do, <laughs> actually. I don't know him, but um, I can, yes, my, my, my friend and my teacher, <laughs> Kaysenia Brief, she has a podcast called Web 8 FM. She interviewed him. She's quite passionate about him. He's coming into my field. So, Ooh.
2: what's his name? Do you know? I can't name? remember, but I'll get I'll get the link for you.
0: <laughs>
2: thank you. That would so be so good. Cool. A tracker would be amazing. Actually,
0: That's good good intuition. <laughs> oh my goodness! Thank you so much, Sarah. What a, I I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed the conversation. Um, and taken so much from it. And um, I'm definitely going to share it with all my f45 crew. That <laughs> we all need recovery tips. So thank you, thank you again.
1: And oh, great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saying also to like reminding people, you know, listeners to to look beyond the ultra. I mean, that that can be fun, but that's my game. You know, we're all here to play our own game of life. And so we're we're all athletes in the game of life. And so if I can do it in this realm, what what's what interests you? And it might be, you know, it's a way it's a place that I practice it for the game of life. Sports a really fun arena to to build these tools, um, but you know the day to day is where you know what we really need them for. So,
2: like, what yeah. is your 100 miles of bliss going to be? That's, that's the question I'm taking away from this, and I'm so honoured that you have brought this idea into my life, <laughs> and I'm so thank so you. grateful that you came on the show. So, thank you so much for talking to us.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. Camila,
2: <laughs> how is our conversation with Sarah? I am actually speechless. Um, you know, uh, how, how somebody masters that level of attitude is you know that is being a next level human being like i don't know human she is the yoda of running she is she even mentioned yoda at the beginning i know the yoda of running
0: (laughs) i mean it sounds so simple and i mean it really does make a difference you know when you when you think i can't I can't do this, and someone says you can, and you take a breath and you keep going, and and you know we 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 take a lot of energy from other people supporting us in those 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 times, but actually we have the power at our fingertips, mind tips, whatever you want to call it, to, to do that ourselves at any given moment, and just that that momentary flip of mindset and that choice that she makes to be happy and grateful and tuned into her body when she's doing it is just phenomenal it's so to inspiring be to be in bliss you know mm. like to
2: be to when tune. your feet blitz are literally falling off like <laughs> just and you know to to be that fluent in the body mm. and that fluent in kind of what i would presume is just energy and um, and how energy works in the body and then to be able to have that fluency with the body and then go, oh, I've just felt prana. You know, like to, to then under like it's because she's so like fluent in the other processes of the body. It's like she's so able to go, that is prana, that is life force and this is other
0: forms of energy release, <laughs> you know, and it's amazing. So prana, like just I didn't want to dwell on it too much in, but because, you know, you guys were deep in that conversation but it's basically that 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 at peace it's almost like that transcendent moment it's the uh connection to self like how how would you describe that
2: to me and i don't want to speak for sarah but prana is the life force of the earth so you're connected to the earth prana is the energy currency and current of the earth and I believe that you can harness them, receive them, ride them, tune into them, mm-hmm. do breath work. work with There's them. whole practices dedicated to the cultivation of prana within the body or the receiving of prana within the body. But one of the things I really loved was how, after running for all of those years 25 years. Mm-hmm. And then she suddenly has this, oh, is a thing. And then it, like, completely t- transforms her life, her running, her life, her part, you know. And, yeah, because she actually felt it for herself, you know. And, yeah. yeah, to then, like, for it to lead to, like, this whole way of, you know, running from the heart and intuition and, like, just you know everything she's saying about like not having an injury because she's fully listening I mean it's just
0: amazing like everybody has to listen to this conversation and as we said it's not just for people that want to run an ultra marathon. it's, <laughs> it's you take these practices and and build them into your day so that you know you can go about your day-to-day life with that feeling and that ability to use your intuition in the same way and and I think it's really important to acknowledge that this is for everybody everybody has this Sarah's I mean clearly her ability to do it is at another level but she's a human like us like everybody and we can all tap into our own level of of that guidance as well just by starting with some of those small mind games that she talked about be playful you know when she was talking about pain and discomfort they were all moments of being playful with it or using visualization or ask yourself a question And the minute you've done that you've broken your mind away from the I'm in pain Mm -hmm. because it's now thinking about the question you just asked so even just those little techniques are great for when you're sitting at your laptop and get stuck you know so it definitely was um not just about ultramarathon running which is hugely inspiring it's about how we can live our lives and i
2: love the divine timing like it was complete accident that (laughs) this happened just after you'd done (laughs) your own amazing (laughs) fitness achievement so so with mindfulness you know like it was just so perfectly next alive. time i'm gonna be
0: on another planet <laughs> lots of cacao we're doing the cacao now guys <laughs> and a beamer. i'm gonna go and research what that is next episode sponsored by um no just brilliant absolutely brilliant and we'll definitely get um Sarah back on again to talk yeah, about some of her other work say we say that about every guest we do we're very fortunate we're I'm very grateful right now I'm full of bliss yeah so until the next time may the life force be with you thank you you too
2: we hope this conversation has topped up your life for sympathy. if it has And please help us spread the life force. Like, share, subscribe, all of that. (laughs) And may the life force be with all of us.